Welcome to our very first episode of the fall 2023 season of the Women in Work podcast. I'm Courtney Moore, and today in this episode, Missy and I sit down and chat about the questions you all sent in. We thought it would be fun to kick off this season with our Ask Us Anything episode. And so we are grateful to answer your questions. Always happy and delighted to hear what's on your heart and what's on your mind and thankful that we can serve you in this way. And we hope that this episode will be an encouragement to you, um, that it will inspire you to more confidently step into your God-given calling and view your work as meaningful to the kingdom of God. So thanks for joining us today. All right. Well, friends, we're glad that you are joining us today here at the Women in Work podcast. I am Courtney Moore, your host, joined by, um, well, I guess we're both co-hosts. I'm Courtney Moore, your <laughs> co-host, and joined by my wonderful, excellent other co-host, Missy Branch. Hey, Missy. I'm so excited to be back, Courtney. I feel like it's been a while. I feel like I had to dust yes. off this microphone and and really kind of get back in the groove. It's been a while it's been all summer, yes. really. I mean, you and I haven't recorded. Well, the whole, what, spring season of 2023 was really prepping for the book, the release of the Women in Work book, Women in Work, Bearing God's yes. Image and Joining in His Mission Through Our Work. That's um, just so exciting. So I interviewed you as one of our contributing authors, and we interviewed a couple of people during that. We interviewed yeah, JT English, maybe a couple of others we interviewed together. Yes. Yeah, and they were great. They were great. Yes. We weren't on in our groove. We weren't on we weren't our groove. Our yes. Groove. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, listeners, if you haven't listened to that season, I do want to encourage you to do it because we did. I did. I interviewed the other contributing authors, each woman who contributed a chapter in the book, and they each uh, gave a little teaser of what their chapter's about. Super encouraging. So, you're going to want to check that out. But now we're back. We're back for a brand new fall season, Woo! 2023. Here we are. Um, and this is our first episode of the season. Ask us anything, yes. and we got some good questions. But uh, yes, before we jump into that, let's just do a little catch up. What's been going on with you, Missy? Oh yes, girl. Well, um, <laughs> in my personal life, my youngest daughter, my youngest child, graduated from high school. Wow. And some of y'all will be on this. Uh, will listen to this and can relate. There's something about when the baby graduates high school that things just shift and you're like, oh my gosh, things are different now. And so that's exciting. She's got exciting plans for the future, which will probably come up through the season because, you know, I'm always talking about my kids. Um, but then I graduated. I finished. Right. Finally, I was working on a um, master's in ethics. Thank you. Ethics, theology, and culture. And I was inching along at that thing, girl. How long and did it take? I, well, the pandemic shut things down because, you know, we I, I stopped class to be home with the kids when they needed to come home. And um, uh, so I don't know. It took me way too long. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> but you know what? But I say that, but I honestly, I, I, I'm glad it took the time it took. Like I, I needed to prioritize things I needed to prioritize in order to do it and do it well and not just say I got a degree. And so I loved the learning process. I, I learned a lot about myself through the process, so much about the Lord through the process. And so but you I'm were so busy. Be done. I mean, that spring semester, you were writing your thesis and it was like all you could do to lift your head. I mean, girl, because I was, was doing a beast. three writing process projects at once. Can you share what your writing hours. projects were? <laughs> One was our book. I, you wrote for us. 
Right. So I was writing for this this chapter for Women in Work. I was writing. It was a um, research paper to graduate. I, I it was a research degree, and so I had to write a sixty page paper to graduate, or forty to sixty pages to graduate. And I had never done anything like that before. And Huge. but I had an incredible mentor, and incredible like there was several professors on campus that really helped me be great. So I, praise God. Um, so I had to write that, but I only had six weeks to write it because of the way the semester worked out. And then I was also, I coming up next year, um, there's a prayer journal that I wrote that's geared towards um, teen girls, which I, I mean, I'm so humbled that they would ask me to do it, but it was such a labor of love because this demographic is, I have daughters in this demographic. So it just was me almost like (laughs) having conversations with them. And also a lot of the young ladies that I have worked with at Southeastern for several years. So it just felt like such a labor of love, but all of those things and trying to graduate and having a full-time job and a husband and kids and women in work and all the other things was. It's a lot. Wow. I don't know how, I mean, the Lord sustained you. He got you through it. You're still seeing straight somehow. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Yes. Yes, Goodness but gracious. do not fall for the lie that we can do it all and have it all because it's not something has to give. Something <laughs> probably for you is sleep. <laughs> yes. Good, good, good. Yes. Well, that's good. Congrats on graduating. Graduating, thank, huge. Thank you. Um, I think one last thing is I did transition from. I'm no longer working at Southeastern. Um, we I love Southeastern, so. I don't want anyone to try to read any drama in that. And it's just a season of transition. And because my student, my daughter is still a student there. My husband is still a professor and student there. We are team Southeastern. I am so pro Dr. and Mrs. Aiken that mm. I can't even see straight. So um, I just, I, we love Southeastern, but I transitioned out. And so I'm working from home and that has been so much fun. It's, I don't know, people, I have heard people say that it's crazy, but I, or they couldn't do it. But for the people who have been able to do it, I get it. I get it. I get it. And what has been super fun, Courtney, is that people don't know is that the new job that I have, I get to do some content work with you. So it's so much fun that our worlds collide in more than one way. And so it's so much fun. No, really unexpected. I I really didn't expect that I would be getting to work with you in some things outside of women in work. And honestly, it's such a... I always, I always think of the verse, um, Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, that the Lord will, you know, give you more than you can ask or imagine. And yes. I mean, you just really wouldn't even have asked. I would not have imagined I would get to do some paid work with Missy Branch outside of women in work. <laughs> it's so much such fun. a dream. Just such a dream. Um, such yes. a blessing. Love it. So much fun. And uh, the work I'm doing feels like, or the work we're doing, but the work, the job I transitioned to feels important and significant for the kingdom. And so that's, that's right. what's really exciting about that. So. I love it. I think that's so important for even our women listening, that the work they do, they can see that the broader picture behind it, the kingdom purpose behind it, even if it doesn't look like ministry, um, even if it's not considered ministry out of the local church, it's you can find a way to honor the Lord in your work. And so I'm, it's huge, huge motivator to honor the Lord as we go about our task in our job. So 
Mm-hmm. Well, those are big updates and good. How about you? Um, what about me, Missy? <laughs> I feel like we made it through spring. Our book released in June. Um, huge accomplishment. And getting that, that over the finish line. It was even just a lot of um, the promo for the book. I really wasn't expecting mm. uh, the publishing company hired a publicity manager for me. And so she had scheduled a ton of radio spots, a ton of writing opportunities, um, just a lot of, you know, just as much as you can to get the word out about the book. And so that took a lot of a lot of time, a lot of mental effort, a lot. I mean, you're so mm-hmm. grateful. I'm, please don't hear me. Like it was just a oh, lot. Yes. It's just like, oh gosh, okay, that's coming. I got to do that today. Um, yes. So and really you don't grateful. think about that on the writing side of things. You, that's why you yeah. really don't prepare yourself for that. Um, and honestly, it was. I mean, I had never been live on the radio, so that was just a whole new thing to step into. Um, kind of terrifying. Wow. That you're yes. just like, okay, I'm out. Just somebody's driving in their car. <laughs> listening to this right now, just live on the radio, no editing. Um, so that was scary. That's scary. That's scary. Yes. Um, yes. One of them though, Amy Whitfield, who of course is our chairwoman and who introduced the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually got to be on one radio show together. So that was uh, that, the first oh, one I did awesome. was with her. So I felt like that was a grace from the Lord. That's like a little comfort yes, blanket having so Amy sweet. next to me. So we got the book released this summer. We did a book club for our book. And um, Mm -hmm. those people who signed up for that were uh, joined us for a live Q&A with all of most of our contributing authors. I think we had a couple that couldn't make it, but most, I'm pretty sure almost eight or nine of you guys showed up. So that was special. Um, And here we are in the fall. My kids are back in school. I've now got all three of mine under the same roof. We had been driving across town, commuting, dropping off one at one school, you know, the other two boys at a, at a different. So thank the Lord, they're all in one place now, literally eight minutes That's from great. my house, just right down the hill. It's a dream <laughs> to not be in my car as much. Um yeah, uh-huh. So that's, those are the big things. Church, you know, still doing our thing here in El Paso, Texas. I love it. What are you reading these days? That's a great question, Missy. I am always wanting to read more than I am. I'll I'll That's preface good, yeah. with that. Um, so this summer, I guess it was, um, the Broadway show Hamilton came to El Paso, and yes, I had watched it. You know, they they actually um, put it on Disney Plus. Hamilton with mm-hmm. uh, what's mm-hmm, his name mm-hmm. Manuel Manuel Miranda. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had watched it on Disney Plus, and so when they came to El Paso, my husband and I went, and oh my gosh, I love I love the soundtrack, I love the story of it. So I was determined. I was like, you know what? I just got super inspired to read about Alexander Hamilton, and so I, wow, um, yeah, the that um, was the goal too. So that it's working. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, the book that uh, I can't say his name again, Lin Manuel, what the Miranda the composer. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the book that he read that inspired him to write Hamilton, I, I was like, I got to get this book. Right. And so mm-hmm. I go to Barnes and Noble, Missy, and I did not expect the book to be yes. 800 pages long. <laughs> <laughs> and That's we how you can write a whole and giant musical. <laughs> it 
And I'm not talking like big print. It's tiny print, a gazillion Mm -hmm. words on a page. So I bought that this summer. I'm slowly like making my way through it. It's going to take, it's going to take a long time to read this book. But even in, you know, the beginning, even just in the part that I've read so far, like I was, there was like a little phrase and I was like, oh my gosh, it's the song. You know, like there was like some phrase I'd read and I was like, that's got to be, that had to like stick in his So I'm enjoying that. Yeah. So not not that's a Christian awesome. book, just learning about our no. our history. Oh, yeah, no, that's that's awesome. How about um, you? And there's no shade to reading books that are not Christian books for sure. <laughs> um, I am reading a couple of books. That's my mo, actually. When I'm not, this is the first season in I don't know six years where I'm not reading books for school, like an assigned book. So I am reading a book called Digital Liturgy, which hmm. really great book. Um, it's amazing how all of the different things I'm reading have been coming together. But then I'm also reading for work, a book called no fail communication. And I'm reading a couple other books cause I'm also in, in this thing anyway. So, but it's funny because what I'm reading, it seems like has also been coming up in like what I've been learning in this season. And this season, Deuce and I were on a panel. Deuce is my husband. We've been on, we were on a panel and I am about to be on another panel and I I feel like the thing that has been coming up has been swirling through all of it has been the need for connectedness for people to, people are needing people and we're seeing how it is so awesome to be able to connect digitally, but living our lives on the internet is just not the same. It doesn't fill the void of person to person relationships and um, it's amazing how much that has been coming up in my quiet time and the sermons that I'm just listening to or the sermons happening in church, that intentional community is so necessary. And that means more than just going to church or just going to small group. But I mean, being able to cry with people and pray with people and throw baby showers and I mean, just all the things that make connection real, it just seems like that is what we need these days. And so I've been trying to be intentional about it, especially since I had my world is a little different without schoolwork and things like that. So yeah, that's that's what I've been learning in this season. Yeah. It's interesting because I feel like, you know, my family, we moved to El Paso four years ago. It'll be four years ago in November. So almost a solid four years right before COVID. And of Mm -hmm. course we had been here three or four months before COVID hit. And so we barely knew anyone here. Um, And all our relationships were a thousand miles away. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, we came home. I know everybody did this, but you know how we just, it was the most isolating time in my life because we just didn't have those in-person relationships. We were just beginning to build them and then everybody got scared. And so I feel like for, yeah, yeah. Our family, we have been praying for so long, um, living here. God, give us a life here. Give us people here. Give us community here. And it's been so interesting, Missy, to just see the Lord answer that prayer, even in the last six months, in ways that we didn't expect. Or, and just surprising, like, it's just something, you know, we'll connect with a family or a couple or my husband will make a new guy friend and it's like, oh my gosh, look, the Lord's answering that prayer again, again. And even just small group at my church, I, we started a new season uh, just in the last couple of weeks and it's been so encouraging and it's just the give and take of giving and receiving of I'm, yeah. I'm pouring out because there are girls there I can minister to. 
But there are also women there who are feeding me and encouraging me and nourishing me with their words and their prayers. And it's just, we do, we just like so need each other. And one of our questions actually that um, one of our listeners wrote in is how do we, how do you make time for friendships while also managing work and family life? And I feel like that question really flows right into what we're talking about. So how about for you? You're working remote now from home. So you're not seeing all those in-person people that you were at, you know, Southeastern when you worked on campus, how are you making time, Missy, for friendship while you still have all the other responsibilities? What has been awesome is that though a lot of those relationships are not the kind of, I bump into you on campus all the time. I have been doing lunch and coffee meetings and I go to church with a lot of the people from Southeastern, but it's been some intentional pushing in. Um, you know, that, hey, let's get lunch, but not just, hey, let's get lunch, but hey, let's get lunch and put it on the calendar, that type of thing. And what was really sweet was one of the young ladies I just had lunch with from Southeastern. She said to me, her mentor, or I think it was her mentor told her, don't just say we're going to get together next time, put it on the calendar so that you do get together next time. Exactly. And um, so I a lot of, even some of the young ladies that I was mentoring at Southeastern as as the Dean of Students to Women, I'm still meeting with them just as a sister in Christ. And um, I think it's this intentional idea of you, we need people. And, you know, I, I, my husband is an extrovert and my husband is a shepherd. So those two things come together and he is about people. So we've always had people in our home. We've always been good about that thing. But I think in a culture where it's a lot of make appointments and uh, like schedule it, then you have to be intentional to schedule it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we, I mean, just even this weekend, um, I connected with a mom. I mean, I've known her now for a year. It's a mom of uh, some of my kids' you know, classmates and, you know, we're sitting up, my, my little ones are playing um, soccer on Saturday mornings and I hadn't seen her all summer. We, we got together like once over the summer, you know, it's one of those things where like, Oh, we're going to get the boys together. And like, you do it like once. And then before, you know, it school started. And so I reconnected with her and she texted me at the beginning of this week and said, you know, Hey, we really, we're so happy to see you guys. Do y'all want to um, go out together sometime like as without the kids. Yes. And so I was like, you know what, right now, let me look on my calendar. So we've got a, we've set it up for this weekend. Um, we're going to get a sitter and her son is going to come and play with our kids. So, you know, it's going to be super easy. Just one sitter for all the kids and the four adults are going to go out. Um, but it really is a sacrifice. I mean, you are, anytime you say yes, you're saying no to something else. Um, right. But having those friendships, it's a crucial, I mean, we just, we, we need people in our lives to encourage us and help us think straight. I know sometimes I will just, if I'm too much in my head by myself and I'm processing that in myself and I mean, I'm going to the Lord and I'm, you know, trying to go to scripture and all that, but sometimes you can get really bogged down in your own head and just Mm -hmm. being able to go to a trusted friend, trusted is the key word and say right. these things out loud, be like, am I on the right track? What are you hearing as I'm talking? Mm-hmm. And to, to just, I mean, I will just be like, what are your thoughts on what I just said? You know, what do you think? And to have that feedback, it is such, it really helps you align. It just realigns you sometimes when you need it to hear yes. the truth. Here is the path of righteousness. And you know what? I need to, 
thank God for this woman who just spoke into my life or else I would just continue to go mm. down that one rut that's going to lead me um, to, you know, not abundant life. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, so for me, yeah, I'm all about the getting it scheduled and just doing it and making time for the interruptions too. You know, when you do see someone, if it's just at a, you know, for me, it's always pickup or school or something like making mm-hmm. – sitting next to that mom at the soccer game and being intentional to ask her questions about her life and um, just making time for it, not being so focused on your own agenda, you know? And you know what, Courtney, I think what is also valuable is our own experiences can motivate us. You moving into this new community and not having relationships. I moved across the country multiple times with my husband and I know what that feeling is to be like, I don't, I literally will not walk into the supermarket and run into a friend. Like I won't run into somebody I graduated. I just won't. Yeah. So when someone recently moved to this community and someone said, Hey, will you connect with this wife? Of course I'm going to connect with that wife. You know why? Because I know what it feels like to wish there was somebody who just to know, to say, I know you and it's, you're not crazy. And um, recently someone said, Hey, Missy, I know somebody who's gone through in their marriage, something similar to what you've gone through. Will you connect with them? Yes. Yes. Because I also know what it felt like to feel like I was the only person in the world going through what I was going through. So I think sometimes if we were really to be mindful to what the Lord has brought us through, he doesn't waste those things. And he brought sure. us through these things to share them. Mm-hmm. So when these people come into our orbit, rather than saying I'm too overwhelmed and too busy to uh, invest, to begin to listen and see how the Lord can allow those things to really, that person may have literally been sent into that space to collide with Mm, you. That's right. And so sometimes people have to come along the journey with you, like, hey, you can come hang out, but I really have to put this chicken in the oven and I got to fold this laundry (laughs) and let's talk while I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or sometimes it's like, no, I need to carve some time out. I was going to go for a walk, a power walk or whatever will you join me? And I think being able to manage those things doesn't mean you can't work and you, you don't have time for your family and you don't serve. But I just think that there's ways we all can do what we want to do. That's right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And some of those conversations may be gospel conversations. I mean, I'm thinking of Girl, just yes. women who I never expected to be interested in spiritual things. And before I know it, I mean, it's easy with my husband being a pastor. It comes up like, oh, what's your husband? Oh, he's a pastor. You know, so the spiritual conversation Mm -hmm. easily comes up. But I've been really surprised by how I've just had opportunities to share just flat, share the gospel. Share the gospel. I did not see coming. And it's like, oh, I'm glad I was ready to share that. Praise God. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. I was available. I made myself available in that moment. Yeah. Okay. That's Um, so good. That's so good. All right. Let's see what other questions we have for us. All right. We'll kind of ease into these easier to hard. Okay. All right. Um, Here's a question kind of along the same lines. What does your morning and evening routine look like and what tools do you use for time management, scheduling and organization? Want to go first on that one? Um, I mean, I'll be honest. I am not like a, um, type a person right so i'm not running around here like if it didn't happen at 1009 i didn't do it but i do like routine i like routine in that there's something comfortable about it 
So Courtney and I were just talking about this the other day, just it really just in regular conversation about the way we work out, right? So Courtney's right. the morning workout person. She wants to get I'm to trying. the gym early. I'm trying, Missy. Right. All right. But I give you credit for it. I'll give you credit for it. You do, like working out at the gym, 530 in the morning, the whole night. For me, I have learned about myself. I've learned that for me, a morning where I could have some quiet, some coffee, and some Jesus is the way that I want to start my day. That I tried running in the morning and working out in the morning, and I just felt like, ah, hurry up, I'm sweating, it's hot, shower, da, 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 get yourself together. That's just me, right? So I learned me that in the morning, my day gets started better. I am a more conscious and focused and probably a much more, um, it's better to interact with me. <laughs> if in the morning I had quiet, just hushed time along with the Lord, whether that's praying, whether that's just reading through scripture, um, whether it's uh, a mixture of both, whether it's singing, whether it's journaling, whatever is the thing for that season. Because sometimes somebody will give me a book that I should be reading and I realized it was just so intentional that I read it in the mornings, you know, right. but whatever. So, but then in the evening, I really like to prep for tomorrow. So I like to work out. I have what I call in my basement club fit, which is a thrown together group of uh, thrift shop or items that, that help me work out. Okay. <laughs> I, I acknowledge it as club fit and I get my workout on at night. And then I, I really like to like prep my coffee for the morning in the coffee maker and do a whole face routine and look at the schedule for tomorrow and see what I need to be thinking through. And I think really preparing myself for tomorrow um, it just makes me feel more relaxed and I feel like I'm on top of things and it's intentional. And I love to give myself challenges like each month, just a random challenge. My daughters will do it with me. Like one month it'll be like, um, I'm not eating fried food for health, but then another month it'll be like, I'm going to intentionally give something away out of my home that I don't need hmm. every day this month. Oh, I love that. And so that's what the, that's what we've been doing. And having something intentional to do at the end of the day, I don't know, it just adds to this idea that there's this routine and it's, I don't know, it's been fun. So I look for routine because I feel like in the morning having time where I'm prepared and I can go be an actual human that people want to interact with is helpful. And in the evening, setting up for the next day brings me a lot of I don't know. I'm not even an anxious person. I'm really not. I just like the routine of it. I like feeling like it's intentional. And so it's not deep and it's not dramatic. And I'm not using like my full focus planner, which I think they're great. And I'm not using my Erin Condren or all these other things in that moment. I'm just doing the things that will prep me, set me up for a better tomorrow. I hear you. Yeah. Well, I have gone back and forth. I've. It's so interesting. I feel like depending on your season of life, even your age, um, has really determined what my routines are. Okay. What I mean by that <laughs> yes. is yes. I have always been a night owl. I mean, Missy from my like high school, I am a night owl. I, I can just hang with the best of them yep. till I can just Me keep too. going. But yes. what I'm finding in my, in my age in this season of life is man, I'm getting tired. I'm getting tired at night. <laughs> Girl, I am now. 
That is not to say, which we have also talked about in recent days, that you and I can pull off some deadlines. Like if there's a if there's a deadline, oh, yes. girl, you and I will meet it. We will stay up. We will get it done. Yes. And we're going to produce some quality work, even if it's two a.m. Mm-hmm. in the morning, and we're getting you know whatever. <laughs> we're going to get it done. Yes. So that's Bad the caveat. <laughs> right. That to say though. When that has been a pattern, you know, when that has been a sustained, I mean, not 2 a.m., mm-hmm. but even just midnight, because um, mm-hmm. midnight for me is like, oh, yeah, it's bedtime. Like, fine, I can go to bed at midnight. But now what I'm trying to say is I can't the next day. I'm, I'm just trash. I, I am. It is. I am not <laughs> a very loving mother. I am a very irritable <laughs> human. So what I'm learning is I'm I, and this has been a goal forever, but it really I'm setting out a new, I'm setting out a new, a new goal for myself, Missy. I um, like it. Instead of, and, and realistically, probably my bedtime has been 1130. I'm trying to get it down to 1030. And so I have just in the last two weeks tried to, I've been getting up at like 530. Um, and either I've gone to the gym that early a couple of times. And it's interesting because I never I'm like you. I, I I just want to sit and give me the coffee and give me my Bible and my journal. Like that's really my go-to. But I'm finding that I never make it to the gym, and I, it's just like, when am I going to move my body, right? Um, so I've, I'm trying the early morning gym. We'll see um, if I keep it up. But like this morning, I was like, you know what? I'm actually just tired, and I don't think I have the energy. So I'm just gonna. So this morning, I got up and I just like journaled and did my quiet time routine. And before I know it, it's 630 and my kids are up. And then once the kids are up, it's, you know, you spend the next till 730 getting them out the door. And then it's shower, start your day, all the work activities have begun. Meanwhile, you know, keeping the laundry going and all the other things. But, um, and then at night, I'm similar to you. I'm not probably as intentional as you. My main thing that I do is just the face. It's just the face care, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just, yeah. you got to protect this. This is what the Lord gave you. It's the only face you're going to get. Wash it. Wash it every night, people. Yes. <laughs> you know what? I, I will say, when I think about it, there were seasons. You were right about seasons do, making you do things differently. And I was a, again, I'm not type A, but I like making my life simpler. So I would um, take the uh, day on the weekend and really plan out my meals for the week. Yeah. And so I don't necessarily, I didn't, wasn't like meal prepping, but I was meal planning. And that really, to me, made my life a lot easier because I honestly, I'm one of those people who will just create a template and reuse and use it. And then okay. what was happening was I was having all these meals stored in this template on my, on the computer so that when I was feeling like I don't, can't think of anything creative, I could just pull those meals over and drop them in. And that was another way in which I helped bring order because when you are the person who's working and trying to be intentional and making these meals for family and trying to, if you're like me, you're trying to go just a hair beyond ramen noodles and SpaghettiOs, right? I'm trying (laughs) to give you something in this life (laughs) to remember me by. Um, Then I just wanted to create meals that, you know, so meal, meal prepping was a huge thing. Also, when I was, when my kids were younger, I would not let them go to bed without them preparing for the next day. So it's not just me, but it was this training of, no, I need to see what you're wearing to school. We have four kids. So two need to take showers in the morning and two in the evening. And like just Mm -hmm. creating these routines so that 
we as a family had this idea that we didn't just stumble into every day, right. that we are intentional into this day. And now we can go through this day. And we've talked about, like, if you need a note signed, I'm not signing a note five minutes before you leave out the door. Exactly. So if it's not signed, and if you need money for a field trip, give it to me at this point. If I don't do that, if I don't handle it right, then that's my fault. But if you've given it to me, and then I'm going to make sure you have what you need. And so I think those are the kind of ways that I tried to organize our lives so that each day we went into them intentionally and not just fell across the finish line mm-hmm. of the morning. Do you have any tools or apps that you love for helping you stay on schedule or managing it all or anything like that? Right now I use my calendar, my calendar on my phone. I use for a lot of things just because I like to know what's going on. And I like to plan certain things. Like even if it's like a facial or nails, I'll plan that. But I also like to make sure that there's a balance of um, am I spending time um, with my husband? Is there a is there a thing that I'm working towards? I'll put it in the calendar, and so like personal goals, I put on my calendar. And I've been doing these uh, fasts for like detox and um, really wanting to make sure I'm honoring them. So I put them on the calendar. So then now they're a real thing. And the books I read, like like the books of the Bible, if I want to focus on James through June, then I really will put read James or I calendar and just things like that. I think really the things that are important are the things that I'll put on my calendar. So therefore what's important to me. Okay. Spending time with this person is on my calendar and getting my nails done is on my calendar, but also what I'm reading is on my calendar. So I'm a calendar person. I also like apps like the fast thing I do. I have an app for that. It shows confetti every time you (laughs) (laughs) And my friend said, every woman could use some confetti in their life. So So when you say calendar, it's only digital. Are you a paper calendar person very much at all? Okay. So I have a desk at home. I have an office at home. And so, yeah, I love love a paper calendar, but I carry around my phone. So whatever I'm doing, I will just drop into the paper, the digital calendar. I have a shared calendar. So for dentist appointments for whatever kid I'm making a dentist appointment for, or my husband or some, I have kids with issues and kids with pro it's still, impro- I mean, they're not, they're, they're my kids, but they're grown, but I still am helping them with stuff. So knowing mm-hmm. when some, one child is traveling and all those types of things. So for sure. Yeah. yeah. We use the Google calendar with the, like each kid has its own color. And yep. so, you know, I'll put it in that child's color and then I'll, you know, share it with my husband. So we're all on the same page with that. And I, in the past, I've, I've also used Google, Google calendar for task because you can actually not just put an event in there. You can actually add task to the day as well. And, um, I go back and forth with that. I, I'm kind of over that right now. I'm not using Google calendar as much for task. One thing I'm loving for just getting work done during the day is I bought at Target. This is not high tech, but it's a one page it's just like your day on a page, basically. And so it'll mm-hmm. ha- it has this little category for like the hours of the day from like 6 a.m. to like 8 p.m. And every morning 
I'll write in there. If I was good, I would do this at night the day before, <laughs> the night before <laughs> I get up like you. But th- that's the first thing I do. I go to my desk and I pull this out and I put all the meetings I have that day on there. I even put, okay, have my quiet time or, you know, my kids activities pick up from school on there. So I'm not scheduling things at that time as well. And um, it also gives you, when you can see that on there, it's just like, okay, I've got a three hour chunk here that I'm going to work on these tasks. And then it has like my top three things I need to get done. Then it's got all the other things I need to get done, but it has different categories as well. So if, if a task comes up, that's more related to home, I'll put it in a separate category or church. It's got a little spot for that as well. And then it's cute because it has the little water cups. You know, I love to check off that I'm drinking my water. Oh girl. But I do love that every day and that's paper. So I'm using a digital and a paper. Um, yeah, and, and, then, and you can even do that digitally because like I use Microsoft Planner, which allows you to do the same thing. You can put all those things on there. Yeah. So it's, it's good. I love yeah. it. Okay. So we're getting stuff done. I even schedule chores, girl. Do you? Everybody in my house does a chore. Every person. They, listen, from the moment your little hand, if your two <laughs> fingers could come together, you could pick something up. Everybody in my house does chores. We all live here. Everybody's, your, your body does things. Your body can clean it up. Your body so can move. Yes. always scheduled for every person in my home to be doing things. There's a chart right there. Nobody's confused. You can't read. I can help you. Got right it. Here. So you're doing a chart for your household mm-hmm. too then, a paper chart. Girl. Everybody can see. Yes. Okay. Yes. There Girl, yes. Girl, I need to sell that bad boy because it has it has um, morphed over the years and I have all of the changes from when I was six to all five mm-hmm. to four to three, whatever. Listen. That's awesome. Okay. So, okay. Next question. So we have two questions that came in, um, both from moms. And uh, we'll start with the first one. She says, as a working mom who is surrounded by stay-at-home moms, I sometimes get pushback for my work. How can I help explain this decision in a way that helps promote unity instead of division? It's a great question. So she's working outside the home. She's enjoying her work outside the home. Apparently, she's a mom. I don't know how old her children are. Um, she feels, you know, complete freedom in the Lord to have this job. And yet, you know, a lot of her friends sounds like are giving her a little, you know, pushback for that. I would love for you to answer this first. Would you? I was hoping you would. <laughs> well, I've answered them all first. Oh, yes. That's because I'm, you know, I do have I'm thoughts, but I want you to. Yeah, I, but I want you to go first. But I have thoughts. Well, you know, this is kind of the question of women at work. This is kind of, I feel like, why we exist. Um, because a lot of women feel this pushback. They might not have friends who are stay-at-home moms telling them this, but even just culturally in our Christian subculture, we feel this. I have felt it. I don't know. You know, you grew up in a different context, Missy, so you might not have it might not have been quite as strong for you. You can talk about that. Um, but it was definitely the air I breathed up. Mm. I mean, even now. Um, and so part of me wants to go at this different than what I normally do. Part of me wants to put the question back on them and say, why other than just the cultural this is just what you've been breathing since you became a Christian. What causes their pushback? Okay. Does this make sense? I want to flip it on its head and say, well, why are you questioning my freedom in Christ to do this? If my, if I'm providing for my family, if my, if my family needs this income and this is a provision for my family, if I'm using the gifts and skills that God has given me 
and um, I'm seeing him bear fruit through the labor of my hands and through my work. I'm, I'm being a light to the world um, through this work that I'm doing. If I am loving God through it and I'm depending on him as I do my work, I'm loving my neighbor by producing quality content. Whatever the work of my hands is, I'm doing it as unto the Lord. And this is a blessing not only for me and my family, but also to those I'm serving. I guess my question would be to the moms of why the pushback? Why the pushback? If you made a decision in the context of your family, obviously, if you're a stay-at-home mom, that's been a priority for you and your husband. And um, we all have reasons for why we do what we do. Um, no, I, why, I, yeah. why you got to hate on me? <laughs> like, right, right. Like, if I'm doing, if I'm serving the Lord... Is there, you know, I'm just like, well, is there some type of biblical command that you think I'm missing? Because my conscience is clear before the Lord. Um, and if I'm faithful in the things, you know, if, I, if my job's not just like my whole identity and idolatry, I, I'm not sure why we feel the pushback other than just the cultural air we breathe. I can still value my children. I can still value my husband. I can still value my home and yet be a light outside of these walls. That's how I take that. Courtney, I think. But I'm I welcome, mean, I I'm welcome so, to any, you know. I, I'd well, love no, no, I, I agree with you. I, well, I think I'm seeing it through the lens of, so first of all, everyone was created to work, right? Thank you. Everyone yes. was created to work. So the idea that some work is more valuable than other work is something that we've created. You know, I have a daughter who is 21 and in our little team meeting, I was sharing this this week and I'm going to try not to cry, but I cried sharing it earlier. She is 21 and she has intellectual disabilities. So she may never be a stay-at-home mom. She may never have the capacity to be a stay-at-home mom, right? Um. So what does that mean for her? Is her womanhood lessened and diminished because of that? Because God made her and her intellectual disability is part of the makeup. And I don't think God made a mistake when he made her or anyone else with a disability. So what does that mean? Well, she has, she's a student over at Southeastern and it's so sweet how, she, how they love on her through the school. But she was writing a paper and one of the quotes in her paper was from a preacher and the quote said, it really doesn't matter what your work is. It really matters why you work and how you work. Hmm. It's true. It's the why and the how behind my work. And so therefore, if the why and the how of my work is all really pointed towards the advancement of the kingdom, the blessing of my family, if my motivation is to serve, 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 I don't, like, you guys outside of my home cannot understand, and that's okay, and I'll pray that God works that out, but this is what I have to do. I also want to encourage people to remember that it is beautiful to be at home with your kids. It is also a privilege Thank you, to Missy. be at home with your kids. I was a stay-at-home mom for a while. And I remember how much of a financial strain that was in seasons for us. 
and how sometimes it almost seemed like, is this even wise? And that was a wrestle that we had to go through in our home with our Savior. And so I think as a person who is working and who has children, and I've worked for obviously several years now, the thing that I would constantly ask my children what do you feel like you're missing? What is the one thing I could do that could make you feel secure in who I am and how I am for you? And I would constantly be doing those checks because yes, I know that it's different than me being here all the time, but it doesn't mean I love them less and I'm committed to be less being their mom and less committed to be his husband and I mean, his wife and less committed to serving my family. It means that there's work that I have to do. And it's just different than the work of those stay-at-home moms. And that is okay. Everyone doesn't have that privilege. And we, in my opinion, the stay-at-home moms, you know what? If y'all want to donate some income and help me out, if y'all want to make sure that there's dinner every week and y'all want to do the lunches, I'll stay right at home. (laughs) But if not, I would just not assume that the decisions that someone's family is making in their home is because they're outside of the will of the Lord. It could be just different than what's going on in their home. So let me encourage you, sister, my sister, that the pushback from people around you, thats it's natural. There's going to always be something, right? It could be about stay-at-home mom. It could be the color you dyed your hair. So the pushback should not be a biggest issue. What I love about this question is that it, she talked about promoting unity instead of division. Yeah. I think that is so beautiful. And I just would say, remind them that everyone's, everyone is called to work and you're doing the work you feel called to. Yeah, exactly. If that's true for you. And to really encourage them to pray for you, that the Lord would um, continue to honor the work of your hands and whatever that work looks like from season to season, it'd be beautiful to know that they, your sisters were praying for you towards that goal. And I also feel like, Missy, along the same lines of this, that we become, I say we, we're all, we all have this tendency that when we make a decision on something that's right for us personally or right for our family, it's very, very easy to think that, you know, because we've come, we've weighed all the options for us personally, and we came down on this decision, this feels right, right? And we very quickly can put our right decision on everybody else. And so just because it's right for me, though, in my season of life, my situation, my health, my kids' ages, my family's income, this place we live in, whether it's a high cost of living or a low cost of living, the decision that's right for me, I think pride can sneak in and say, well, this is the right way. You know, this is God's way, the way. There's only one right way, and I've made it. Because, look, I've, I've already thought through all the myriad options, but we forget that we're just a small little sliver. And what is a simple decision? Maybe it wasn't a simple decision, but there are just so many complexities to all the families on the earth. that Every There's just decision, not one right. There's just not one way. And I love how the Lord gives so much grace for all the complexities. He gives so much grace. And I think we have to believe the best about one another, that that we are serving and walking with Him to the best to the best we can. And that He will continue to lead each of us. 
On the flip side, Courtney, I think one of the other questions mm-hmm. that was similar to this was about someone who is working all the time, mm-hmm. who does have to work and doesn't feel like, I mean, wishes that she couldn't. And I would say um, two things. Imagine being that woman and being challenged by people around you about how terrible it is that you work where you don't have a choice but to work. So let's just think about it at when we are having those conversations and you don't know what's going on in someone's life. But also, I would say to that, um, to this wife, this woman, I would say to this woman that she needs to consider the, remember the how and the why behind her work, right? It's not that she has to work, everyone has to work, um, but the how and the why that she's working because this is the season the Lord has placed her in and that he has not forgotten her and that she is not, um, She's not less than because she's not a stay-at-home mom. And yet there's nothing wrong with her desire to want to be home. Right. I'll tell the story. We've been talking way too much, but I can tell, I'll can i tell you the story. When I was pregnant with my son, I remember the idea of having to put him in um, childcare was scary for me, but I was working full-time. And But I, I had needed, we needed the income. I, I had a full-time job. I worked at a health insurance company. And I remember one day it was raining and I was at work and I was pregnant and I was so tired of being pregnant. And I remember saying to the Lord, Lord, the day that you let me not work, I will remember this day. Cause it was pouring, it was pouring outside and I had to go to work. And so I was wet and it was gross and everything. Ugh. So anyway, but I remember just praying, Lord, if the day that I don't have to work, whenever that will be, I don't know when I will use this rainy days as a reminder of your faithfulness to me. And I remember there was a season when I didn't have to work and I couldn't help but go back to that day of longing. I couldn't help going back to thinking that the Lord remembered me. And it was not instant. There were, it was time between that. And then I did go back to work. And so I'm just encouraging you to lay it at the altar. That's good. Let the Lord have it and Use it as a way of going back to the Lord, not as a way of being angry with the Lord, but just beseeching the Lord. Because then when he does give it, it'll be so much more sweet. And I remember how sweet it was when it would rain and I was home for that season with my kids. And I remember making them love rain because mm-hmm. like, this is the Lord's promise. This is the Lord. Or, this is what the Lord has done for me, for you guys. And so I just want to encourage you, mom, that the Lord sees you. The Lord knows. The Lord cares. He loves your babies even more than you do. And so he is not keeping you away from them, but that he is just using the season differently. And I just want to encourage you that though we don't, I don't even know what your name is, but in this moment, I genuinely feel like I just want to give you a hug and tell you that if I could play uh, Aaron to your Moses and hold your arms Mm. up, I would just encourage you that the Lord sees you and that these years are not a waste And that the day that you do come home, whenever it is, for whatever season, that it will be much more sweet because of how you've laid it at the the Lord's feet at the altar and just trusted him with it. That's really good. And I honestly think that could go for the mom who's working, who wishes to be home, like you were addressing, but also for the woman who is longing for another career opportunity. And it's like, I'm in a position and I don't like this job. It's I'm not. You know, she's wanting to, I mean, we can all be in a place where we're wishing we were somewhere different, 
And to have that heart of submission to say, this is where my feet are today, God, and I'm going to trust you with that. But here's my open hands. And um, you've got me. You've got me no matter what. Thank you. That's really good, Missy. Mm-hmm. We got a couple more questions. Uh, which one do you want to tackle next? We've got one about prayer. Got one about. Oh, about the difference between a man's work and a woman's work. Okay. How is a woman's work different from a man's? What are unique challenges you see women facing? That's a good one. Courtney, I'm a. <laughs> I'm going to be careful and I'm going to, one of the things I do think I, 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 God has called all of us to work is the thing we said. Right. And I think that there is work that is unique in just how we are, we're created, right? Some people are men, some people are women. And so clearly like doing the work of carrying babies and giving birth and nursing and all that things designed for certain types of bodies. And I think though we need to be careful that we don't allow culture to dictate the definitions of certain things. And so I'm just careful to say this is a man's work or this is a woman's work because that's how it is here in my culture and not necessarily a universal principle. Because when you think of the church globally and when you think of the way the world is positioned globally, what may be a, what may appear to be clearly, this is just for men in your community may not be the same thing. But what I do think is a unique challenge that I see facing women is one, the redefining of what womanhood is. Okay. And I, and I don't think that that's necessarily tied specifically to work. I think it's tied to all of the realm of what womanhood is. And I think that that's a sad and scary place to be when being a woman is a gift and it's in a lot of spaces looked down negatively or look like it's easily to, easy to be interchanged. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? One extreme or the other. Like, it doesn't take anything to be a woman. Or, thank God I'm not a woman because women are. You know what I'm saying? So I, it, I think it's a unique thing to be a woman in a community, depending on your community, that thinks womanhood is lesser than. And that, that's a very real ongoing challenge. And though people would say, no, we're all created equally in the in the image of God, I have been in enough conversations in enough rooms where I know that while we say that we don't necessarily all believe that. Mm -hmm. And, um, but to be honest, that's less of a challenge for the woman and more of a challenge for the person who believes that the challenge for the woman is to trust God through that. Um, but then, yeah, so I'm just rambling now. So that, that would be my answer. I'd love to hear your answer. I think there's, it's such a huge question because, I mean, it's huge. when you go back to Genesis, both the man and the woman are made in the image of God, having equal value and equal dignity. That's a given from the beginning. Both the man and the woman were given the cultural mandate to go and build society from scratch, right? And yes, Eve was used, she's the mother of all the living the amazing privilege that women's bodies were designed to be
be life givers. It's a beautiful vocation for some women. Not all women are called to that. Some women are not going to be called to give life. They're not going to be married. They're not going to have children. There's going to be, you know, we live in the fall. So that's not the only way women work, right? But Eve was also there as his as his helpmate to not just have babies, but to like actually build a working world. I mean, imagine society was built from two people, right? And then of course you have Noah and then Noah and his family are basically the redo. I mean, it all began again with Noah's family. And so we see both men and women working together as co-laborers, as equal partners together to build a working world. So I do... I kind of am piggybacking a little bit, I guess, on what you're saying. The worth of women, I feel like we have to remind ourselves of that in our culture because for a lot of reasons, you know, we're, you know, to piggyback off what Jen Wilkin is famous for saying, that women's work is nice but not necessary. We've we've kind of felt that mm. in a lot of ways. And, I mean, it wasn't a month ago you and I were in a conversation with another friend who was saying that she – you know, basically discovered that her pay was less than her partner in a male, a male partner in a, in a very direct level field there. Um, I don't mm -hmm. know the wording for it. I'm, I'm missing the wording for that, but just their, their, their jobs were equal. They were doing the same work, but they yeah. weren't being paid the same money. In the yes. same company. And the reason right. she was given was because he was a man and he needed to provide for his family. And because she was a woman, her, she was not a worker as worthy of the wage. And that was a huge slight on her and, a, and incredibly disrespectful to her. Um, so I think women are coming at work. I mean, there's just so many complexities there, Missy. It's just, there's so many <laughs> challenges. It's just such a huge question. Um, okay, so this question makes me think that we probably need to turn this into an episode and have a conversation with someone. And I have some thoughts. So let's let's make a note. Let's make this. This question is really good. And I think rather than us um, fumbling through it and like, not that we are fumbling, but I don't want to, I don't want to fumble. I want to present the best answer we can with this. And I, I, I think this is a good one. We could turn this into an episode with someone who I think would be, would help serve us well on this. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I even think back to our book, Hannah Anderson really captured a lot of this in just even our physical bodies of how we show up to yes, work in a female body um, and yes. all the complexities with that as well. And even our own experiences, we are valuable because we bring our own set of experiences. So there's a lot there, but I agree. We should, we need to circle back because I'm looking at the time too, and we've been talking quite a while. Yes, girl. Just because we haven't been together enough. So I know. It's been too long. I know. Yes. <laughs> well, this is going to be a fun season. And um, as always, Missy, such a pleasure serving with you. And um, I know, my friend, this is great. Hoping some of something we shared today is a blessing to a listener out there. And as always, we're grateful for you listeners. We're grateful that you tune in. Grateful for our monthly partners who contribute faithfully every month to Women in Work. And if you would like mm -hmm. to contribute to Women in Work, you can go to womenwork.net slash donate. And um, we'd be honored to um, steward well your gift. And um, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll be back next next week. 
Well, thanks for joining us today, guys. We hope this Ask Us Anything episode was encouraging to you and um, hopefully a way to reconnect with us as we were happy to reconnect with each other and with you guys as listeners. And so as we mentioned on the episode, we'd love for you to check out our book. It's Women and Work, Bearing God's Image and Joining in His Mission Through Our Work. You can find the link there in the show notes. And if this podcast is an encouragement to your heart and something that uh, is a resource for you as you walk out forward into your calling, we'd love for you to become a monthly partner to Women and Work. You can go to womenwork.net slash donate. Thanks again.